Do you look at your mountain of goals and feel stuck? Or have you already achieved great things and yet you know there's still more? Then you've come to the right place. We're here to offer practical tools and tangible strategies to change your mindset. And challenge you to produce a life beyond the norm. I'm Nate. I'm Lara. Welcome to the Transcendence Podcast. So this has been a very tough year for a lot of people as we've had a lot of closures, as we had a lot of people working from home, and a lot more people are in their house for longer periods of times and spending more and more time with the family, which is good for some that haven't had a chance to spend a lot of time with the family. But it has been very tough on a lot of marriages this year. A lot of people, for some reason, aren't doing well by seeing each other more. Um, So we want to talk about today an important thing in marriage, and that is doing personal growth together. Always be focusing on trying to better yourself and bring a better version of yourself to the marriage and how it is a team effort. It requires two people to come together and two healthy people to create a healthy marriage. And two people who want to have a healthy marriage. I also want to insert a disclaimer to say that even if you aren't married or even if you're not even in a serious relationship, you can still benefit from listening to this episode. So don't just counted as something that's not applicable to you. This is stuff that you can go back on. This is stuff that you can put in your back pocket for later because it's really good if you can even get a head start on it. Put these notes in your back pocket for later so that when the time comes, you can have the best marriage possible. Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to start a healthy marriage rather than to fix an unhealthy marriage. It's a lot easier to start off healthy and stay there rather than change bad habits. Same thing with the diet. It's a lot easier to start eating healthy. If you have introduced vegetables to your kids early on, it's a lot easier to keep that than feed them junk and then tell them they got to eat healthy when they get older. So like Laura said, take this now, learn it, study it, apply it, and start to apply it when you're dating and as you get into marriage. Um, But whenever you find that significant other, you can start on the right foot. And I think sometimes people can have a misunderstanding or this misconception that marriage is a walk in the park and it's not. You know, you can see what people post on social media. You can see that they um, go on a nice date or they have a lovely uh, family photo shoot or whatever, you know, and you see that. But the reality is, is every couple, every marriage has their ups and downs and has their struggles that they go through and different hurdles that they have to overcome. And that's why this is so important, because if you put these, what we're going to talk about today in place, it can set you up for success and allow you to have less hurdles. But we're not saying that marriage is going to be perfect. We're not saying that, you know, you can have a perfect marriage because it doesn't exist, right? You're always going to have things that you disagree on or things that you have different perceptions on. Yeah. I mean, when you see marriages, the people that tend to have the happiest marriages are the ones that put the most effort into their marriage. So when you see that they're on that nice date or when they look like they have the perfect life, yeah, there are struggles that come, but they know what to do with those struggles when they come. They know how to get through them. They know how to push through them because they both come in strong with full of effort for the marriage. See, I think too many people view marriage as the finish line. Oh, we got married and I did it. You know, or we're together forever. And you know, it's not the finish line. If anything, marriage is the starting. It's the start to the race. And the whole dating process is your practice. That's your rehearsal. That's that's you just getting ready for marriage. Right. That when you enter marriage, that like I said is that's the start, not the finish. The finish is until death do you part. But the start is the marriage. You need to be on a constant and continuous pursuit 
for that person's love, for that person's affection, and to invest into that relationship. There's a simple rule to see how healthy your marriage is. So I call it the marriage multiplication rule. So we all know percentages come from decimals, right? 100% equals one, um, you know, 50% equals 0.5. So it's a simple math rule, right? You can do if both people are giving 100%, you times one by one and you get one. That's 100% for your marriage. Now, if both people bring 50% to the marriage, like a lot of people think it's a 50-50 split, but if you multiply 0.5 by 0.5, you get 0.25. You get half of that. So you have a 25% marriage. If you can, someone comes in at 100 and someone comes in at 75, you times 1 times 0.75, it's still 75%. So the only way to have a 100% healthy marriage is both people trying to come in with 100% effort. It takes 100 and 100, not a 50 and 50. And sometimes we can get so caught up in all the ways that our marriage may be lacking or our relationship may be lacking or what the other person is lacking instead of just trying to give our 100%. And I've heard this somewhere, but it has stuck with me ever since. And it's, you will find what you're looking for. So if you look for gold, you're going to find the gold. If you look for the dirt, you're going to find the dirt. And whatever you focus on is what's going to multiply in your mind. And it's going to be the only thing that you can ever focus on. So when you think about your spouse and you think, oh, he never does this. He never does that. He never does this. That's all you're going to see is how that person isn't measuring up, how that person isn't showing up for you, isn't doing what you would like them to do. Um, But when you look at what is good in your relationship, what is good about your spouse, what they do well in your relationship. I think that's where you'll see growth. It is true. What you focus on will be at the surface, first and foremost. And when you're thinking back, think of reasons of why that person fell in love with you, right? Usually what happens is somebody stops giving 100%, so then the other person gets frustrated and stops giving 100%. Well, now it's time to turn up the notch, right? You can be open with your spouse about, you know, them not giving 100%, but you got to be willing to step up and give 100%. What did you do that caused that person to fall in love with you? Or what do you love about that person? Remind yourself, like Laura said, look for that gold. So here are three things that you can do, three very practical things that you can do that is going to help strengthen your marriage, strengthen that relationship between that significant other. Like Laura said earlier, You can start applying this when you're dating. You can start applying this to your own life before you get into that relationship. So it's easier to start that with that person and easier to continue that through marriage. So number one is learn new material on your own. You should always be learning how to better yourself and how to show up better in every environment you're in, including your relationship. This could be, you know, through podcasts, this could be in books, this could be learning from other people that you highly respect in certain areas, but learn and apply. That's another big part of it. It doesn't help you learning anything if you don't apply it. Right. So you have to be willing to learn something new. You have to be willing to see a new perspective and you have to be willing to apply those things and then be open about what you're learning. I think I find it's best when Laura and I both listen to a podcast or both listen to a book separately and then discuss it because we don't skew each other's perspective during it, it's better to come together afterwards and share what we've learned, what each of us learned, see what we both saw, see what we each other saw in it, and be able to learn and grow together. And I think this also creates a culture and an opportunity for you to each challenge each other in new ways, because you can kind of hold each other accountable. Hey, you know, we listened to a podcast on this, you know, 
and I see that, you know, we could really implement these tools. So what you want to be doing is seek out this information on yourself. If you find it really beneficial, share it with them, have them listen to it on their own, and then discuss it together and see what you both gain from it. And what this is going to prevent, this is going to prevent one of you growing a lot with personal growth and one of you staying the same. Because then the person that's growing a lot feels like they're constantly dragging the other person behind. And the person that's not growing constantly feels that the other person is just trying to, you know, one-up them or be better than them. When reality, if they're just both trying to grow and be healthier together, it's going to create a healthier marriage. So that brings up number two. Number two is create a path of open communication. Be communicating all the time. This could be the little details that you think are assumed. Don't assume them. Communicate them. Because what happens is when you assume them, they don't get met. And when they don't get met, then you just get frustrated and you start finding the dirt some more instead of finding the gold. When you can be very clear about what you want, what you want in the relationship, you know, what you want a date night to look like, you know, anytime you can be clear exactly what you want is going to make it easier for that person to give you that. And when communication is there, you're going to notice that there's more joy in your relationship. There's more satisfaction and you know, everyone will feel supported all around. But when that communication isn't there, it can be dangerous and destructive, you know, especially if you're someone who may tend to bottle things up and just kind of push it under the rug and just deal with it mentally on your own. And you don't address those things. It can actually be so dangerous to your marriage and to your relationship. Yeah. So like you, like Laura said, that open communication is going to make it a lot easier to f- filter through those disagreements and learn to negotiate, learn to compromise when you don't see eye to eye of things and be able to have that conversation without it turning into screaming and yelling or without it turning into shutting down or without it turning to go into bed angry. You can actually sit down, you can have a civilized conversation and come to an agreement at the end of it. And that brings back one of the other podcasts, you know, eliminate the expectations and fulfill them with agreements. The more clear we can be on our agreements, the less chaos, the less drama there is. And the more we can stick to our agreements, the more we can be self-accountable because we know what we need to do. We know which person's supposed to do it and we know when it needs done by. Those are the three components to an agreement and they're so, so important in a marriage that we need to get rid of all expectations because that comes back to that assuming part when it doesn't get met or it doesn't get done on time, then people are frustrated. There's chaos, there's drama when we could have just cleared it all up with a clear stated agreement but you have to be vulnerable enough to actually share that agreement with them. The other thing that this is going to allow you to do is this is going to allow you to practice listening skills. You can't just be waiting to talk all the time. You can't just not hear everything they said to you and then just say what you want to say. Whenever you're in constant communication and open communication, it works best when you're truly listening and listening with the intention, listening with the intention to learn more about that person, to grow closer to that person, to help them through something troubling, to celebrate them when they do something great. You're listening with intentionality. And again, you're not just waiting to talk. And great communication is a skill. It's a skill that takes practice. It takes diligence to implement into your relationship. And when you do, when you start to implement that and have that open communication about every little detail, down to the silliest things like, you know, what you're cooking for dinner or what you're doing that evening. When you just have those communications open and the other person understands and gets it, everything's going to flow 
And it's kind of like a domino effect. It will flow right after another. And a lot of people that journal, there's a lot of people that journal in the morning or a lot of people that journal in the evening. And there's a lot of personal growth things that tell you how beneficial it is. But there's one part that none of them ever talk about. Every evening, write down something that you learned from your spouse. Something they did that day, something you celebrated that day, something you helped them through that day, something that required you to listen to them. What is one way that you listened to them that day? And if you can't come up with anything, you need to work on your listening skill because that's closing off communication. Communication has to be giving and listening, and it has to go both ways. If you're not doing one of those parts and you're not showing up at 100%, and we already talked about when you don't show up at 100%, It's impossible to have 100% in your marriage. And then third, the last is to see your relationship as an investment. Know that everything that you do is either investing or taking away from your marriage. Yeah, this is like a love bank, right? You either deposit or you withdraw. And the more you're depositing, the more savings you're going to have in there. It's just like a bank account. The more money you put in, the more money you have in there. If you take out more than you put in, you're eventually going to go in the negative. So you got to make sure you're depositing into that. This could be a whole array of things. Right. Generosity, when we're talking about this, comes in many, many different forms. Yeah. So you have financial generosity, right? Make sure you have set aside in your budget. And yeah, for a lot of marriages, your money's both of your money. But set aside in the budget together that, hey, we're going to do this much set aside for our date nights. Because it's important that we get away from the family. It's important that we get away from all our friends. It's important that we get away just the two of us. You know, maybe a long weekend stay somewhere. Yeah, you might have your family vacation for a whole week, but why not do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just you two? Someone close by, somewhere in driving distance. It's amazing the memories that you're going to create together and the joy that you're going to bring from just simply, some people get a hotel in their same city. Mm -hmm. Just to go to a hotel together to get away from the day-to-day, to to get away from the, the normal environment and set aside time together. And your date nights don't have to be expensive. You know, every single time you can come up with new and creative ways to just have that one-on-one time with each other. And speaking of, you know, getting away from friends and different people, I think it's really good and something that I think my parents modeled very well to me growing up is setting aside that time just for you and your spouse. Not double dates, not going away with other people, just one-on-one time. Because it's true, when you disconnect and you remove yourself, and it is just the two of you, no kids, no work, no nothing pulling and begging for your attention, you can really focus on the connection between you and that other person. Yeah, I mean, I think back to one of the simplest and probably one of the least extravagant vacations Laura and I took was just a couple hours away. In a little town, we got a hotel, we got a couple's massage, and that was basically it. We just spent time together. We went out to eat to a couple different restaurants. It wasn't anything over the top. It wasn't anything extravagant, but it was a surprise for you. And I think that's important. Know what your spouse likes, which goes back to the listening skills. Know what they like. Know what they're looking for and surprise them often. You know, Maybe they enjoy gifts. Get them flowers at work. It doesn't have to be anything huge over the top. It's the little things that keep adding up. Right. And that brings up a good point, too. Just like we're talking about having a constant investment, you know, don't stop doing the things that, you know, you did when you were dating that person just because now you're married and they're locked in. If anything, you should take it to the next level. Continue to show them in many different forms how much you care for them, how much you love them. I think that's so important to remind that person that should be your number one, how much they really mean to you constantly. I don't care who it is. Everybody appreciates it when someone that they love surprises them with something that they love. 
you know, it could be as simple as a scavenger hunt around the house, just of love notes around the house and ends with, you know, a box of their favorite candy or something like that. It, like I said, like Lauren, I said, it doesn't have to be over the top. Now it can be over the top. You could surprise with a weekend away in Hawaii and, you know, have everything planned out. That's awesome too, if you can afford to do that. But it doesn't always have to be that. You can get the same experience with a lot of the little things. Now, the other biggest investment that I think a lot of people overlook, a lot of people understand the time investment and they understand the money investment, um, but a lot of people miss the emotional investment that a marriage takes. You have to be willing to invest emotionally. That means you have to be willing to be vulnerable with your spouse. You have to be willing to share you know, what you're scared of. When you're going through different emotions, you have to be willing to be in those emotions with that person. You know, if you're in fear, if you're in sadness, if you're in anger, you have to be willing to say, hey, I'm sad right now. You know, I'm sad about this because we lost this or I've lost this or I'm scared about what's coming up. If you always try to put on a front and you always try to put on a mask and you always try to hide those emotions and push those emotions down, it's not going to build that trust and it's not going to build the strength of that relationship. That is the one person in this world that you should be completely open with. Yeah. And I think a lot of people miss that emotional investment. And think about it like this. When you are in a marriage, when you're in a relationship with someone, you are on the same team. That person is not against you. That person is for you. They're for both of you working together. So when you're having those open thoughts and open communication about what you're going through, just remember that you guys are on the same team. That person should be on your side and they are on your side because you guys are married and you're you're doing life together. A perfect example for us being very open communication-wise about the new season that we're getting ready to step into for almost a whole decade, it's just been Nate and I. Um, and now in less than a month and a half, we'll be welcoming our first baby. And that's going to be a lot of change for both of us um, and just the different roles that will happen and um, just the new season that it is. And it's been so good that we have been very open about the communication and expectations and what we're feeling. And, you know, maybe I'm nervous about certain things or, you know, anxious about, you know, different things that are going to come up in his first year of his life. But because of that, and because I've been open, we both know that we're on the same team, no matter what hurdles come up, no matter what um, type of challenges may come up in in this next year, we know that together, we are on the same team and we're doing this together for him. And this last point of investing into your marriage and seeing it as an actual investment you know, completely combats the whole stigma of when you have kids, your marriage suffers. A lot of people think that when you have kids, your date nights are gone. Yeah, the whole romance out of the relationship's gone. It's just survival. Now it's just a living partner and a co-parent. And yeah, a lot of people get by with that when they have the busyness of life. But when something like what hit this year causes you to slow down, forces you to spend time, you realize how important that romance is and you realize all the things that you've been missing for so many years. So it's up to you. At what point do you want to change that back around? At what point do you say that I want the marriage that we had before kids? At what point do you say, it doesn't matter if we have kids or not. We're going to set aside that time. We're going to set aside that money. We're going to invest into our marriage and invest into each other and you know, seek to grow this because we want to be back to where we were. You know, It's your choice and your spouse's choice. It's going to take both of you. So if you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, that's me, I want a healthier marriage, I want to apply those things, make sure your spouse listens to this too. 
make sure they're on the same page so you can both grow together. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode. We hope you've learned something new, that you feel challenged and leave inspired. If there's a part of this episode that stuck out to you, be sure to screenshot the podcast, post it on Instagram and tag us in it. Let us know what captivated you. Speaking of Instagram, we would love to connect with you and make sure that you're one of the first to know of our new episodes and exciting updates. You can follow me at It's Laura Stevens. And I'm at the period Nate Stevens. If you found value in this podcast, remember to leave us a rating or review. This will allow others to see what they can benefit from this podcast as well. Join us next week as we continue to live a life beyond the norm.